This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for online creatives. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 12. So way, way back when I was first sort of idly considering making this podcast, I thought about who I would invite on to talk and the very first person I pictured was Xanthe Barkley. Xanthi was one of my very first real-life Insta meetups, and she's become someone who I really admire and respect, not just as a brilliant creative, which she is, but also as an incredibly insightful and wise friend. She is somebody you want to just spill your heart out to, because she instantly gives you a fresh perspective and a sense of wisdom and calm, and I adore her. In this episode, she talks to me about the importance of having creative projects, both for her development and just for fun, and shares some ideas for all of us to get stuck into as well. I think you're going to enjoy it. Hello, is that Xanthi? Hi there. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for talking to us today. Oh, it's really exciting. I feel a little bit nervous to be here because uh, it's such an amazing thing you've been doing. And all of your interviews, I caught up yesterday on all of them and you've had some really incredible people on. So I feel very honoured to be here indeed. Well, you are just the latest in that line of incredible people. And <laughs> I, had, I think I've already said to you when I first kind of came up with the idea of doing this podcast, you were the person I had in mind about who would I get on to come and talk to us? And you were the first person I thought of. Oh my goodness, wow, that's, yeah. (laughs) So we finally got there, we finally got you here. For anybody who doesn't know about you, can you give us a quick overview? I'm Xanthi and I run my own little business. I kind of do lifestyle portraiture photography. I also create photos and film content for brands for their social media, so kind of stop motions or live action films and photos for blog posts or Instagram feeds. And I also teach online classes on sharing how people can make their own little films. So I've been doing that for about five years and I've taught hundreds of people all over the world to tell their stories through video and making films of their lives, which is a great honour and I absolutely love doing that. And yeah, my business is a real mixed bag of stuff. So I feel very excited that I get to do what I love every day and every week is different so yeah it's really good and you and I met through Instagram yes way back way back when it was a different world it was a much smaller world yeah and I think sometimes like you and I have very different aesthetics so it might surprise people that we found each other yes oh no totally I think I saw you'd been at the good life experience I think the year that I was there I think we camped like next to each other yeah but didn't didn't say hello it was only through looking at the pictures afterwards that I was like oh right okay and then followed you from then on and then I think we met at events and stuff like that so yeah but I'm always actually drawn to people who have a different aesthetic to me because I think it's kind of inspiring to see how other people work and how they see the world you know my stuff's very colorful and bright and fun and I think if I only ever interacted with other colorful bright fun people I wouldn't kind of enrich my creativity or my aesthetic eye so it's quite nice to follow different people you can get inspiration from all kinds of accounts and that's one of my favorite things about Instagram is the variety it's harder to find now but it is still out there yeah totally totally it is there you've just got to kind of go down a rabbit warren of feeds and hashtags and all of that absolutely so I one of the things I think is really interesting about you is your background how you got to where you are today because you went to art school didn't you yeah I did I was at um, Camberwell Art College and I did graphic design back in the early 90s and it was a really great course because it was really loose it wasn't kind of graphic design like we probably know it now we did printmaking we did letterpress and 
and animation and photography and filmmaking. And I just got to really experiment and, you know, have a really fun, creative time. I don't think I really, I loved it, obviously. But now when I think back, I think, gosh, if I was to go to art college now, I would really take advantage of it. But I worked really hard and I did well and I learned loads and really um, experimented with photography and animation and shot lots of Super 8 film. And it's interesting that a lot of what I did at art college is kind of what I do now. It's kind of come back full circle. So I wouldn't have known at the time that making little films at art college would be something I would then do for my job. But it kind of is now. It's bizarre. But um, but yeah, I loved art college. Really good. It's something that I think a lot of people in our line of work haven't had a chance to do for one reason or another. It seems like a lot of people online are finding their creativity almost by accident, kind of on the side of their day job. Oh yeah, totally. But I think that's really good because I think we shouldn't think oh because we didn't go to art college that we're not creative I think everybody is creative they just either don't practice it because their job doesn't um, bring that out of them or maybe at school they were told they weren't very good at drawing or they compared themselves to other kids so they didn't do it whereas I think we all are creative the way we decorate our house the way we cook food the way we dress and then now with this amazing tools of these cameras on our phones and a platform like Instagram to share it people are really tapping into sort of capturing their lives and the world around them through photography so I don't think that because you haven't been to art school that you're not deemed worthy of calling yourself a photographer at all I think I'm like great please be creative it's like if more people were creative I think the world would be a better place so I'm all for it absolutely it's a sort of therapy yeah totally totally and I think we're just you know either conditioned to think oh because we can't draw we're not creative but actually there are loads of ways of being creative so on the subject of creativity one of the things I know that you have dipped into a lot over the years and it's something you and I have spoken about is projects creative projects to keep things moving yeah oh I am such a believer in personal projects I'm actually really passionate about it and I maybe it's come from being at art college where you were given projects to work on but I know that every time I kind of have a project on the boil it pushes me to create in a different way it pushes me to create just for me which I think is really important particularly if you're working in a creative business where you're constantly producing work for other people it's really important to kind of produce work just for you just to nurture your creativity but also to give you a chance to play and experiment and try different things that you might not be doing and what I've found over the years of doing vast array of different personal projects is that actually each project has kind of led to something else whether that's a new skill I've learned or work that has come from it I'm just such a believer in them so I just wanted to kind of maybe Um, share some of the projects that I've done and what they've led to to kind of maybe inspire people who are feeling like oh I don't know if I should do a personal project or what could I do or to not realize what the power that they can bring yeah so because I'm listening to this and I'm desperate to hear about some of them so pick one to start with for us When I first kind of started my kind of online creative world so obviously I've been taking photos since art college but it was only really once I started being online that things really started to happen and I I really kind of pursued photography and built my kind of business and I started sharing photos on Flickr first of all this was back in like 2009 
And Flickr was like an amazing community back then. And it was so inspiring for someone like me who'd been shooting loads, but didn't really feel like I had enough of a kind of technical knowledge. And even though I'd been to art college, we weren't kind of taught the ins and outs of photography. It was more about communicating ideas rather than the technical side of things. So to suddenly be on Flickr, where you can even see like the EXIF data so you can see like what how people have been shooting their pictures what settings they've been Mm. stuff like that so suddenly I was there on Flickr and I was able to tap into all these different photographers and see how they're shooting and one of the projects that kept kind of coming up on Flickr was a 365 project so it's where you take a photo every day and share it thinking about that now with Instagram it doesn't seem that difficult to take a photo every day but back then I was just shooting on my DSLR So that means taking the picture that day and uploading it to your computer and processing it and sharing it. So it's a kind of more lengthy process, but kind of pushed me a bit more than just sort of snapping an iPhone picture, which you might Mm. say. And I started the 365 project. I was a bit kind of scared about it, but I wanted to kind of push myself to learn a bit more about my camera and the settings and to look for subjects that I hadn't been shooting lots or things that um, kind of interested me and tried to come up with something different each day. And I also picked a kind of theme, which was um, 365 Grateful, which was kind of a big project on Flickr at the time. So look for something that you're grateful for that day or something that made you smile. And that kind of process of doing that also kind of changed my mindset and made me sort of look for the beauty in the everyday things. Like a gratitude journal, but a photographic one. Exactly. But photographing and writing a little bit of blurb. And I was kind of a bit daunted by the 365 idea. So I just thought, well, I'll just take it a month at a time. And what I'll do is I'll just do July. So I started in July. I didn't wait till January the 1st. I just thought, I'm just going to dive in and start and I did the whole month of July and I was like okay this is okay I can do this and then I went on and did August and then I'd sort of look back at the pictures and be like okay this is really good I can really see a kind of change in Mm -hmm. how I'm shooting and what I'm shooting and then just kept going each month taking it a month at a time until I completed the whole year and learned so much learned so much about my camera learned so much about lenses met so many amazing people you know, online people through that community and learned from them. And it probably was the biggest impact project so far for me, that sort of 365 project. And yeah, just so enjoyed the process of shooting every day, taking my camera out every day and looking for those little details. Now, as I say, it's kind of a bit easier now with the iPhone and Instagram. But yeah, I think it was really fun. There's definitely discipline in making yourself do it every day as well. So that was how I started on my Instagram. Now that was just iPhone because I just had a baby or was just about to give birth to a baby and was looking for something because I couldn't be bothered to plug my camera in every day anymore. So that's why I switched to iPhone. But it's something I recommend to a lot of people because if you're taking a picture every single day, you're going to get better a lot quicker because you're pushing yourself through that mistake period faster. Absolutely. And it just teaches you to really look. And I think that's really important in photography is just to really look at your world around you or look at 
scenes that could be captured in a particular way. Absolutely. And the more you do it every day, it's, it's like a muscle, isn't it? It's just like going jogging. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. So yeah. if you keep doing it. And the daily practice is really important, I think. I was at home with a baby, obviously, and there were plenty of days where I just didn't leave the house. Yeah. And this was when I lived in a not very nice part of Manchester in a not very nice house. So I was like, the only thing I've done today is eat a banana. I'm going to have to take a picture of this <laughs> banana and make it look good. And that that teaches you an awful lot about creativity and composition and light and the things that you can control within that small range of variables. Absolutely. And it just, it pushes you to create. I think sometimes we can kind of go, oh, it's fine. I'll just leave it till tomorrow. But if you've kind of set yourself a little project, you've kind of set a deadline and it's quite good to stick to it. So yeah, you get a bit competitive with yourself, like the game of it. You have to make sure you're keeping your yeah. winning streak. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody should get super stressed about it, but <laughs> you know, I think it is, it is, I know I work really well with a deadline. So if you've got that, knowing you've got to upload something, it's it's important. It pushes you. Yeah. And it reminds me actually of a quote I know you share with people on your online course. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you can remind me of who it's from. The one about when your creative goals don't quite match up to your creative output at first. Oh, yeah. It's the Ira Glass quote where he's like, we all kind of go into this creative pursuit because we have really good taste. But when we're creating, we know that it isn't as good as what we had hoped it would be or or what we our taste is but the only way that you can keep getting better and and reach that goal is to keep doing it and a lot of people kind of give up but if you keep pushing through you will get there yeah because you can see the end result you just got to keep working until you get there yeah if you think about you know a whole year of taking pictures every day you're gonna get better you're it's it's got to happen because you're just you're really you're exercising that muscle every day absolutely I will link to that quote in the show notes because it's super duper inspiring and I think like it's something I revisit whenever I start something new oh yeah I do the same He's, he's a legend for sure. Absolutely. So the 365 was the first big project. You've done more since then though. Yeah, yeah, I have. And I, I did another one on Flickr, which was called Bench Monday. And the groups on Flickr are kind of like hashtags now on Instagram. So it's kind of collective people coming up with a project and, and taking part in them. And Bench Monday was this super fun project, which was really simple, which was on a Monday, you stand on a bench and you wear something pretty and you take a photo of it and the bench idea could be a literal bench as in a park bench or you know um a wall or something that sort of represented a bench or you could kind of push the boundaries and be a little bit more creative like go and stand on a pole or stand on a chair or something like that and I did this project for like two years (laughs) every Monday (laughs) And now when I think about it, I'm like, oh my goodness, it was completely bonkers. But what it did was it kind of pushed me to be really creative, to come up with something different each week. And also the community was so amazing. Like you'd look at some of the pictures people would do and you'd be like, wow, where did they find that? Or how did they set that up? So you were constantly learning from other people. It also taught me about kind of using props and dressing up a little bit or putting your favorite dress on and going standing on a bench just to make the picture look a little bit prettier. And it also taught me about shooting in public because when I first kind of started out, I kind of didn't feel very confident taking my camera out and, you know, in case people looked at you funny and didn't know what you were doing. And then I just suddenly got over it and would put my camera up on a tripod and take a picture of me standing on a bench in my local park 
And yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of random talking about it, but it was such a fun project. And I would kind of try to make it really seasonal. So if it was the spring, I'd go and find blossom trees, or if it was the autumn, the autumn leaves. Or if I was on holiday, I'd be on a beach wall or whatever. So it kind of told, it was a little bit of a diary as well. So yeah, I, a bit of a story. Are these pictures still online for me to go and hunt they out? They are. I've, they'll still be on my Flickr account. I'm going to find them and link yeah, yeah, to them. Sure. <laughs> and they just, they kind of just pushed me to be a little bit creative and think a little bit differently. So rather than my 365, which was more about my everyday life and finding the beauty kind of in the everyday. The Bench Monday pushed me to just think a little bit differently and kind of set up a shot, as it were. And still kind of, I still kind of do that now when I stand in front of a colourful wall or get my bike and a prop or whatever and do that. And I still kind of use all of those skills now. So it's interesting. (laughs) There's two things that immediately sprung to mind then. One was that you are very comfortable in front of a camera, which I know a lot of people listening will feel like they're not yeah and I wonder how much that came just from practice or is that something you've always been okay with um I think it is practice definitely and you know I'm not saying everybody should take pictures of themselves because some people clearly aren't comfortable in front of the camera and that's totally fine for you to kind of own that but I think if you can push yourself to step in front of the camera it's a great learning tool because you can practice on yourself and try things out without having to call in a friend to shoot or whatever you kind of have that freedom to play with yourself as it were gives you you the chance to be the subject and I think I did just get more comfortable through the practice I also I did a self-portrait project as well a 52 weeks one so taking a self-portrait every week and that mainly came out of I wanted to practice portraiture but I didn't have people to shoot so by just shooting myself if I saw some pretty light or if I saw a nice chair or if I saw a really lovely setting I could put myself in it and practice so that one day hopefully when I photograph someone sat on a chair or someone sat in pretty light I would know what to do so that was going alongside the bench Monday as well so I was able to practice that way as well the self-portrait projects are really really interesting and can be a bit uncomfortable and you can feel a bit weird just photographing yourself and it feels awkward but it's great practice for photographing people for sure and also often the things that feel the most uncomfortable and awkward are where we are doing the work yeah that's where we're pushing ourselves both internally and in terms of our photographic skills and I think there's a lot of power in if you are someone who isn't comfortable having your picture taken if you always hate pictures of yourself taking control of that for yourself and saying well I'm going to control how I appear in these pictures I'm going to take pictures that make me feel good about myself that I do want to put out there because we're all very good at telling the Instagram story and leaving ourselves out of it yeah and that's not great I don't think no and I think you're right that it it gives you a chance to control so you could take 50 pictures and one of them might be great and that's the one that you can share but you've had a chance to move your face in different positions and try sitting in different places or standing and experimenting with that to get the best out of you yeah and represent the parts of you that you want to it's not necessarily about appearing a certain way but it's about feeling comfortable I guess and and showing the parts of you that you want the world to see yeah totally 
And that it's not kind of, I don't think you have to think of it as like a, a vanity project. If you just see it as a sort of practicing your skills project and you're just your subject that you're using, then it kind of takes away that kind of selfie aspect. The other thing that came to mind when you were talking about that was how the constraint of it seems to be part of what makes it so creative, which is a rule I come back to again and again. I find if my brief is too open, what I create doesn't seem to be as good as when I really give myself narrow parameters to work within that seems to breed creativity. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. Yeah, it, particularly like if you have, so like the self-portrait project, that's it. You're just looking to take one self-portrait a week or to stand on a bench or whatever. Yeah, whereas if it's the 365 is a bit more kind of broad, isn't it? So you kind of feel like you maybe just get away with anything yeah. but if you're kind of pushing yourself to do the self-portrait then maybe that will push you further yeah so if I said to you go and take a picture of something nice today that is a huge brief yeah whereas if I said to you okay take a picture of yourself standing on a bench yes <laughs> in a nice outfit immediately it's easier to get started yeah and your ideas start flowing a lot faster I suppose is what I mean yeah for sure so are there more projects Yes, of course. <laughs> it's just like a project fountain. I love it. Because I was really getting into portraiture and really wanted to take pictures of people and then eventually hopefully lead to people paying me to take their pictures. I started um, a project called Women I Know and this was again just to practice so I would approach friends of mine or people I've kind of met online and just be like look can I just come and take some pictures of you and you know some people are like yes please do and others are like oh I feel really awkward in front of the camera and I'm like but actually that's what I want. I want someone who isn't necessarily comfortable in front of the camera because that's going to teach me how to deal with people who aren't comfortable in front of the camera when I eventually you know start shooting people who are paying me to do it so that was a really fun project it didn't have a kind of any deadlines on it it would just be if if the occasion came up with a friend or someone I knew online that I would just go and take some pictures of them and it meant I could just be creative with them rather than there be like a strict brief in the sense that they wanted pictures for their website or they wanted the pictures for some kind of purpose I could just be as creative as I wanted and that was really great taught me lots of how to interact with people taught me again about more about the settings on my camera and what works and processing my pictures and that I really liked working with women and making women feel beautiful in front of the camera and feel happy with the pictures that um, that they receive and, and hopefully that still happens now when I photograph people so well having been photographed by you on a few occasions I can definitely <laughs> say that that's true you are it's so nice to be with somebody who just makes you feel at ease yeah you feel like you're in safe hands definitely taught me that and then those photos then went on to, to build my portfolio that then people could look at to then employ me to photograph them so it was a real win-win project in that way that I built this kind of body of work of women and really kind of honed in what I wanted to be shooting at that time. So while you were doing these projects this wasn't your job necessarily? It was kind of building slowly so I, I, I first started my sort of first professional jobs were actually photographing weddings and I did wedding photography for about 18 months because that seemed to be like the only revenue stream as a photographer because I really wanted to photograph families and women but that just didn't seem I didn't seem to be getting the inquiries or there just didn't seem to be that much business out there so I just assumed okay well if I want to do photography I've got to be a wedding photographer so I was kind of doing the weddings and then doing these projects on the side building my portfolio but once I started doing more weddings I kind of realized it wasn't really for me weddings were beautiful and the couples that I was photographing were amazing but I didn't feel passionate about it at all 
And I remember being in actually a wedding photography workshop and everybody kind of at the beginning, everybody kind of introduced themselves and everybody was going around the circle going, I just love weddings. I just love them. And then it came to me and I was like, um, I don't know if I really love weddings. <laughs> and that's when I then stopped taking bookings for weddings and was like, I'm really going to focus on the family portraiture and women. And that was it really. So yeah, it kind of went from there. So you weren't necessarily starting these projects with a business aim in mind. It was purely self-development or just a creative outlet. Yeah, I think definitely both of those, but probably with the particularly the Women I Know project, probably was to build a bit of a portfolio. So there was that kind of business mind and the family photography as well. So photographing friends, families and things like that to kind of just build up my portfolio, as it were. So in that, yeah, that project was personal, but yeah, did kind of have an aim in the end. Yeah, an aim, although not necessarily a revenue related aim. It wasn't that you were no. working to a brief for a client. So I suppose it's still a bit more free and easy. Yeah, no, for sure. So then then I kind of moved on to Instagram. So this is now, we're now leaving Flickr. I came over to Instagram from Flickr. As a Flickr friend kind of was like, come over there, you'll love it. And I was like, oh no, I can't know if I can start another online community but the ease of like just shooting on your iphone was very very compelling so then i was on instagram more and various projects came out from instagram mainly collaborations so i started this color project with my friend andrea jenkins and that was a kind of pure instagram project where we wanted to kind of get through the winter without feeling too gray and doom and gloom <laughs> so we decided to do this kind of color project where we would look for different colors throughout the whole week throughout the winter months and that was a really fun project to do and that's when I started wanting not not to just do photos but also create little film content as well so I'd already been teaching my online courses and creating little films for that but I then Instagram you know gave the gave us the video feature I can't even remember when that came in yeah. when it came in I was like okay this is really exciting and even though it was only 15 seconds I was like this is really exciting to be able to start sharing some of the films I'm creating all these snippets of it and it was through I think the color project that I started creating the little stop motions with colorful objects and I would pick like red objects and yellow objects and when I look at them now they're like quite basic not very good stop motions but at the time I thought they were amazing <laughs> but it was again it was like a kind of way to practice this skill that I had but just needed to refine a bit more and it was through that project that I created I think like seven to eight little stop motions and then kept creating them off the back of the project. It's interesting that you say that because I do think that's something that we are maybe losing a little bit of in the Instagram community is that willingness to experiment and take the risk of posting something new or different or that maybe isn't our best. We might think it's our best at the time, but later look back. <laughs> and we're all guilty of trying to curate and present the perfect feed all the time. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm really up for experimenting on Instagram. I think it's it's quite fun to put something out and not know how people are going to react to it but that you love it. Like I love those stop motions. They were like really fun to me. And now obviously I see all the flaws in them and how I would improve them if I was to remake them. But at the time I absolutely loved them and I, I 
think that is sometimes what is lost a little bit on Instagram now is that we we put things up because we think other people will love them rather than we absolutely love and I know that the stop motions aren't for everybody and like I've even had people tell me to my face, look, it's just, they're just pointless and what's the point of them? (laughs) But for me, I absolutely love them. They make me smile and they're kind of charming and I kept creating them and getting better each time and coming up with different ideas. But it was definitely that colour project that kind of started that idea for me. And now I get to create stop motions for some amazing brands, which is just extraordinary. If I think about, it's only like been less than two years that I shared my first stop motion on Instagram and now it's a main part of my business yeah now I know I always see them on the Bowdoin feed and I know instantly that it's one of yours yeah and I work with Kath Kidson and the White Company and Sip Smith and like some really amazing brands that I absolutely love and I get to play with their products and be creative in that way and that all came from a personal project on Instagram it's fantastic and one that's not for everybody so it just goes to show as well that people pleasing is not necessarily always the way to professional success no of course I always think that it's quite good to not try and appeal to everybody and to be a little bit niche in what you're creating I'm sure I've shared this analogy with you before and it's actually an analogy from somebody else whose name has just escaped me but a kind of sort of online mentoring guru And she says that um, we can all be the vanilla ice cream. You know, everybody is happy to have vanilla and they'll, you know, they'll order it if that's what's on the menu or if it's served at a dinner party. But really, you should aim to be the pistachio Mm. because pistachio ice cream, if people love it, they will travel across town to go have the pistachio ice cream. And then if people don't like it, they don't order it. But the the people that love pistachio will hunt it down and and devour it. That is so true. I kind of try and do that. I don't try and appeal to everybody. I just kind of create what I love and hope that it resonates with. Which totally flows with what Tara said in her episode about your right people. And yeah, pistachio ice cream. I love that analogy. I'm going to be borrowing that one. (laughs) I'll try and find out who says it because it's it's not mine. So um, and then you can maybe put those in the show notes. Yeah, if we find it, I'll have a Google as well. And we'll see if we can credit whoever came up with that genius. All of this makes me think of and I know you and I have talked about this before my Luke Skywalker project. Yeah, of course. Which, again, was not that popular with my existing audience. Some people got it. Some people (laughs) thought I had lost the plot. They may have been right. But so I just took it off to a separate account and and had fun with it. And that took the pressure off because I felt like, okay, well, only the people who want to see it need to see it. Yeah, no, of course. But what was good was it just, it showed a different side of you, which I think was really nice for people to see. And you're right, it, it maybe didn't work as well on your feed, but the fact that you created another account and people really love to come and see it and and it, it pushed you to create things in a different way, didn't it? And set up little scenes and Absolutely. things like that. Which And it kind of it gave me a chance. I think Instagram at that point had become very um, static for me and a little bit joyless. Mm. And that project was all about joy. And it was kind of making fun of myself and of those really set up pictures that I sometimes do for Instagram, because they were the same pictures, except instead of just me in a field, it was me and Luke Skywalker in a field. Um, So that, yeah, it felt like a bit of light relief, which I really needed at that time. A bit of fun. It was a bit like the Barbie project where they put Barbie in all those. So Kelly Barbie. Yeah, exactly. And those Instagram cliches. 
um, it was really fun to see you and Luke having a picnic. And we had a lovely time together. So. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also a project that I did, which was, was actually a commissioned project, but it was for a car company. Mm-hmm. And it was one I'd said yes to because I couldn't think what I would do with it, which is not normally how I take briefs on board. (laughs) But they messaged me and said they wanted me to photograph the car. And I thought that would really, really push me. So I said yes. And it really did. It was I was probably a horrible person for the month I was doing that project because it was stressful and it was difficult to find ways to do it. But I got so much amazing feedback from people, from, from people who follow me, who were just saying it's the first time they'd seen a sponsored campaign done that organically or the first time they'd seen car posts and liked them within their own right as a picture yeah it really pushed me it really kind of took me to a new level I think with my creativity which I needed at that time that's good I mean that's even better that you were kind of commissioned to do it but I think it, it's fun to just try and do something that is so out of your box your creative box isn't it and yeah you did a great job with that I remember seeing those um so if anyone's listening hopefully maybe you've inspired them to think about creating their own project have you got some tips for how to choose something how to find something to do um I do and the first tip is really just jump in and start um I think we've all kind of got little ideas that we've got in the back of our minds or projects that we've seen other people do that we'd like to try or perhaps there's a kind of skill that you want to get better at and that you want to practice and play so I think it's it's kind of tapping into that and you know that could be something like the 365 project or a self-portrait project or even like joining in with other people's hashtag projects is a really great way to try something so there are people that do weekly ones aren't there they're kind of all the floral ones that are kind of weekly or Instagram itself has the weekend hashtag project yes and pushing yourself to join in with that might then spark another creative project from there and to come up with short-term projects and maybe long-term projects is another thing so you could just do a project for a week so I've done like color week projects where you look for a different color each day or you do a day in the life or something like that so it's just a short project or the longer ones where you do something every week or something for a whole month or whatever but I think it's just a point of just jumping in and starting and set yourself some deadlines and sort of parameters and rules for the for the project and and just go for it really. Often as well I think if you announce it you have people kind of keeping you very gently accountable so definitely tell your audience you're going to be doing it. Yeah share it and and get some accountability and yes set a kind of deadline but also don't like stress about it like I always think you can break the rules sometimes if you really have not got anything that week because your kids have been ill or you had to go on holiday or you had some work commitments then don't you know get overly stressed about it it's supposed to be something for you and your creativity so if you want to push it a week do but don't then because you've left it for a week or two weeks don't feel like oh well I can't carry on because I've broken the rules too much just jump back in again and keep keep going you know and so in terms of picking something do you think it matters what people choose I don't think so I think you just need to think about what you love doing what you love if it's photography based what you love to shoot or if like you want to get into filming or um, creating video what side of that you want to explore is there something you want to practice you want to kind of get better at understanding the settings on your camera like moving over to manual mode or whatever and use that as your kind of driving force 
or if you just want to play if you just feel like you're kind of a bit stuck in a rut of creating the same kind of pictures and you want to try something different then you could do that so yeah I think I think there's lots of ways you could go with it and this definitely works for all creative pursuits I have a friend who is an illustrator and an author and she was telling me that she has to take time off every few years she'll take like a block of a few months off to just create and play Mm. because she finds if she's just working to commissions all the time there's never any time for her work to move forwards and evolve and become the next stage of her own kind of creative process yeah and the other way you could look at it is if you want to be sort of building your business or maybe working towards a kind of dream or a goal so like for example when I wanted to start photographing families and women I kind of made that my project to lead to building a body of work that could help me get that work so you could think of it in that way so yeah if you're an illustrator and you really want to be illustrating cookbooks for example then I would set yourself a project where you are drawing food every day and that would then lead to creating a body of work that you could then show to a publisher or that you never know who might be watching what you're creating and then approach you to to create something for them so yeah or you you might find that you absolutely hate drawing food and be bored of it by day four but again at least you've learned that and then you've you've taken something from the project and you're ready to move on to the next thing and the other thing you could do if you're feeling like oh well, I can't really think of a personal project and I, I don't kind of want to do it alone is to do a collaboration so approach somebody else and do it with them so like when I did my color project I did it with a friend and then actually lots of people joined in with us and I've been part of other sort of collaborative collective group projects and there's something really great about working with a group of people all creating the same kind of thing each week or each month and that kind of pushes you and keeps you accountable as well and and builds this kind of network of people that you can then tap into for other reasons yeah and builds that community that can be harder these days to find on something like instagram yeah 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 so find someone either that quite similar to you and you think okay well let's both do a color project for example or someone who's maybe different that's going to see things in a different way or someone who's in on a different side of the Um, world to you so like a few years ago I did a London Paris project with a photographer in Paris and we would photograph the same things in our cities and that was really fun to see the same things like post boxes and telephone boxes but from our different cities and you get to see a different side of the world you know I love that do you remember the project that was online called a year of mornings oh yeah beautiful yeah yeah I've got the book of it somewhere and they were two people opposite sides of the world I think one was in Australia and one was maybe in the states yeah and every morning they would just take a picture of their morning something from their morning yeah and post them on a blog I think it was a blog based one at that point and sometimes there would be this amazing symmetry between them like they would both photograph socks or yeah yeah yeah. and sometimes they'd be direct opposites one would have a chaotic morning and one would have an amazing serene moment and there was just something so beautiful about seeing these two things put together every day yeah no that was a great project and that was like a real catalyst for lots of collaborative projects between two people, the kind of diptyque idea. Yeah. And then that went on to, yeah, lots of people did work from that. And actually the London Paris project kind of was similar in that way where some of the things we photographed had this sort of serendipitous happening in it so yeah it's it's great to work with one other person who has a kind of similar aesthetic to you but you're both photographing at the same time or the same subject but you were going to approach it in different ways or sometimes the same way it's making me want to do one now (laughs) anybody wants to do a project with me email me (laughs) 
So have you got any projects coming up? Are you working on anything at the moment? So I have um, an ongoing project, which is my Scenes from the Weekend film. So I make a little film every weekend, which I share on Instagram on a Monday. And that kind of pushes me to shoot something each weekend, practice my filmmaking skills, and also inspire my students that are taking my courses. Can I ask you... Does it also inspire you to go and do beautiful things at the weekend or are your weekends just always that gorgeous? Because <laughs> you're always at a florist or on a sunny yeah. bike ride. or it, You know, it does push me to get out. I mean, I do spend some of my weekends just cleaning the house and lying in bed, I promise. They're never in the film. But I also then quickly go out for a bike ride to shoot something. <laughs> okay, that makes me feel better. Thank you. Yeah. But it's good because it does. I do then go out and do things that I might not have done. But I, yeah, I try to, and I also try to shoot things in a different way because I think my weekends can be quite similar. So yeah, it pushes me to kind of just shoot it in hopefully a different way. But yeah. maybe to some people. But yeah, definitely to me, just just kind of push push that practicing and also just you know refining editing quickly and getting something out and not worrying about it being perfect Mm. so that's kind of my ongoing project that's been going for like two years which is brilliant because now I have this sort of record of all my weekends I kind of wish I'd started it five years ago but you know I'm here and I'm doing it now and that's the main thing and then the other projects I just recently started is the 100 day project and this was again an Instagram project started by someone else whose name I can't remember but I will find out for you we'll find them and this is where you do something for 100 days and again the hashtag on Instagram is amazing there are so many brilliant projects and actually that would be a great place for people to go and check out if you're looking for some inspiration and so I'm doing 100 days of joy so again I mean my Instagram account is quite joyful and happy and I try and focus on the good things that are happening but I just kind of wanted to really hone in on that kind of making joy happen so maybe going out and doing something that I wouldn't necessarily have done or photographing something that I wouldn't necessarily have done or create something that I wouldn't necessarily have done that day specifically for that project so I'm looking forward to seeing how that unfolds and 100 days seems kind of doable compared to like a 365 so we'll um we'll see how that goes so is that every day for 100 days yeah exactly you're supposed to do it for every day and I'm going to try and again but I'm kind of going to be relaxed if some days I genuinely can't go and do something joyful (laughs) then I'll just let it go but yeah you're supposed to try and do 100 consecutive days but I have seen other people who've just taken their time and just post when they can I love that yeah (laughs) it's a good one it's a good one for sure I'm gonna have a think and think about what my next project can be because I feel like I need one now you've inspired me yeah well I kind of I'd love to do like a play you know just something purely based on playing on Instagram rather than worrying about anything that's my you know my next kind of idea I'm going to do the joy thing but then I yeah just to play and not worry about it just create for the sake of creating maybe we need to put our heads together and come up with that and see if we can get everybody involved and joining in with it yeah that would be fun put some experimentation back into instagram totally i'd be well up for that well if anyone's got any ideas you can let us know come and comment on our feeds or on our twitters and make some suggestions yes i'll come on to twitter for the (laughs) the power of personal projects tell me what you're going to do and what you're going to start and and what you're hoping for so yeah that would be great so where can people find you online Xanthi? You can find me mostly probably on Instagram. I'm there every day um, sharing my life and my work and the things that I'm doing. I do have a blog and a website but it's not incredibly up to date but it's there nonetheless. 
I occasionally go on Twitter, but again, I'm quite quiet and just kind of watch what's happening rather than interact. So yeah, if you want to find me, probably Instagram is the top place to find me. And I will link to your Instagram and everything else on the show notes. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I feel really charged up and inspired, so I'm sure everybody else is going to be feeling the same. I hope so. <laughs> the show notes for today's episode can be found at meandorla.co.uk forward slash podcast 12. By the way, if you're a regular listener and you enjoy the show, it would help me immensely if you could leave me a review either on iTunes or wherever it is you listen and also hit subscribe. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye.